1: Hello and welcome to the 9 or 9 podcast. It's episode 103 of the 9 9 podcast and we've got more tunes to discuss And Phil Hogan has contradictory statements. Andrea Cleary how are you?
2: I'm very well, now. How are you? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, I'm feeling good after uh, a nice holiday, nice break. Uh, mm-hmm. First time I've had off since March, which is uh, kind of crazy, but... Um, um, in, in the intervening weeks, we did put out a a lovely podcast chat with Denise Chyla, Murley and God Knows, which yeah. has been doing really well. And um, are you feeling like you want to do Dungeons and Dragons now still?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, actually. So I'm looking for a DM because <laughs> um, I think Denise is kind of getting her ducks in a row because um, we, we fully plan on, on doing a campaign with her, but um, she's... She's pretty busy over the next little while. So, if anyone out there is a DM,
1: yeah, if you're a dungeon master, (laughs) uh,
2: go back and listen to (laughs) our podcast
1: from last week where uh, Denise talks about. I just. um, Getting into Dungeons and Dragons, something that I was mm. also doing during uh, lockdown as well. So, uh, yeah. very good. It's
2: very, it's very hard to find a, another kind of group that have a, a game or a campaign. Do you call that campaign? I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, game. It's, it's hard to be like, hey guys, can I, can I join? Can I join in? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's harder than you think to find Dungeons and Dragons people <laughs> um, these days. But if you're out there, look, hit me up.
1: Some people start fantasy football leagues we can start a dungeons oh. and dragons uh, campaign so yes, you know please. why not yeah. i uh, um and you had a nice time as well you were you took a few days away from dublin as well
2: i took a few days away from dublin to spend time in the sea which was really nice um and i'm kind of learning how to swim a bit well i'm kind of teaching myself how to swim <laughs> i don't know if that's like the best idea but um yeah no i had a great time i went down to visit my mom and the dog in Tremor. and um i swam like every day was doing some solo swims, saw a jellyfish, which wasn't cool. Um, And then when I came back from Tremor, loads of people were sending me these articles of like, all of these insane jellyfish have been spotted in Tremor. Don't go in the water. And I was like, oh, I was there. I was fully, (laughs) fully. One of them like floated past my face and I was just like, no, he looked like a little baby one, but I was still really freaked out. Just having, I hadn't swam in the sea in like, Apart from doing like at the forty foot where you just like jump in and out, uh, and some of the seasons so I was like pretty much a kid and just forgot the jellyfish were a thing, just forgot they existed yeah. entirely. You know, uh, at least but at
1: least they don't don't try and hurt you or like they they're not coming towards you. Um,
2: <laughs> this one fucking was I mean, this this fellow. Well, he was sussing me out. He, <laughs> yeah, he was figuring out what what his next move was, and I was like, I'm. Out of here.
1: <clears throat> I did some sea swimming as well myself. Um cool, I only seem to swim outside of Dublin. Um so mm. some a lot of Kerry. Three times I think I got on the water in Kerry, once in Dingle. It was so crazy, like I think it was so crazy busy. And I think it, when we arrived, that was a Tuesday. And um I think people were actually just there to see fungi. And as soon as you left and went on sleigh head or went out to the beach, it was really quiet. Um which
2: How's fungi? Did you see him?
1: No, but I saw eight other dolphins on the way to the Skeleks, so uh so I looked out I on that. It. I so, saw
2: your, your Instagram of that yeah. and I was very jealous. Win for me.
1: Oh can opening too. and oh.
2: um, I have a bottle. I opened it before we recorded. Yeah,
1: there was one can in the fridge, so I'm I'm saving it for this uh, unusually lovely day and the return of our podcast. So what are we going to be talking about this week? Uh, We're going to be reviewing the Angel Olsen album, which is called Whole New Mess. And uh, that is a companion sort of album. I guess we get into it uh, when we're talking about it. um, uh, Similar to All Mirrors from last year, nine of uh, of the 11 songs share um, the same DNA or well, I guess they're from the same well, and we'll be discussing that, and we've got Songs of the Week as well. Uh, But before that, well, um, I guess we're going to catch up on what's been happening in the world of music, which is, you know, as we've been discussing, not a lot on the live front, but uh, even more so in terms of, God, the confusion last week was something else, and it's worth repeating because it just... At the moment, the Phil Hogan thing and the EU commissioner, the Oireachtas societies, all that stuff. <clears throat> 81 people having a having a, a dinner in uh, Clifton at a golf outing is now taking over any other news story at the moment. But there was a lot of momentum being built up last week, especially the restrictions were announced, further restrictions were announced uh, to do with live events. First of all, while I was away, I missed that whole Berlin, Jess Brennan thing. Um,
2: Oh, did you? <laughs>
1: which now seems like...
2: You're better off. ...a long time yeah, ago. It, f- it feels like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, really it's,
1: it was quite bizarre even just to hear about it. And then the restrictions were uh, brought back to... Okay, so last week, the what happened was they were announced that we were not going to be able to do... They were not going to be expanding the numbers, first of all, which was going to be 100 people indoors and 500 outdoors. Instead of that... It didn't even stick at five hundred people or fifty people indoors and two hundred uh, outdoors. It got reduced for some reason. We still don't quite know. From fifty people indoors, um, got reduced to fifteen in some places, which is not doesn't um, apply to events, which took them ages to clarify. Now mm-hmm. this is the government, the Irish government uh, had to be had to be asked multiple times to clarify what they actually meant. And they went back and forth about what they actually were saying. And the whole thing just added up to this absolute clusterfuck of what was going on in terms of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And for some reason, outdoor uh, capacity was reduced to 15 people, um, which makes no sense at all and doesn't follow. And in,
2: indoor to six unless you're a cinema or you're a theater and uh, or a venue Art that gallery. is primarily used to, um, w- that has a raised stage and is primarily used for the performance of um, theatre Yes, or drama. But still, um,
1: yet no mention of music yeah. venues. There's a
2: Folks. very good interview with Vinnie Casey um, of the Workman's and his own musical career fame um, on last week's No Encore. Uh, they interviewed him, Dave Hanratty interviewed him kind of in the midst of all of this confusion. I think it was on like the Wednesday night when yeah. um, it was very, very bizarre to hear him talk about how he he was on, he and the workmen were were on the 6-1 news and it was one thing. And then by the time the nine o'clock news had come that night, it was a different message from the government. It was really, really bizarre to kind of hear what that does to somebody who is trying to organize events and trying to run a venue and trying to and I mean as he said no one's making money from the gigs that he's been trying to put on it's literally just a a kind of a a, a bit of a morale booster, I suppose, or just some kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's just of to get people returning. back to
1: work, get some, some kind of activity going.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you're talking about a 50 capacity or 40 capacity, I think, um, socially distant show. I'm actually going to the Workman's this week to go to a gig to see what it's like. Oh, wow. Um, so that's this Thursday night. Um, yeah, and then just that confusion of what's actually happening. Uh, festivals like Fringe had, and Dublin Theatre Festival had to like, cancel outdoor events that they had planned because they presumed Mm -hmm. they were going to be very safe, uh, which is fairly reasonable. So the whole thing adds up to, if there wasn't already this feeling that the Irish government don't understand the arts, it is even more compounded now at the moment. Like, I mean, a month ago... I wrote a piece about how the UK had announced a fund to save venues from insolvency and all this kind of stuff and asked, will the Irish government do the same? Well, the answer, as I said on Twitter uh, during the week was, well, the Irish government doesn't even recognise that venues exist because they don't even use the word music venues anywhere in any of these restrictions in any point. And it's like, to me, it's a bit like... You know, we had the dance hall act of 1923, and it was where music was seen as insightful, and therefore, you know, jazz was a was an issue, and you couldn't be seen to be dancing or doing anything like that. It was why we have that law, restrictions and licensing around that stuff. And here we are nearly 100 years later and it does feel like the government is doing the exact same thing. It's afraid of, of what the power of music almost. It's a, it feels a bit mm-hmm. like that. It's like they don't want to uh, you include the word music venues in their restrictions because that gives people license to do things. And therefore craziness might happen yet at the same time. The jobs and the, all the bios uh, down in Clifton are do whatever they want without being socially distant and whatever. Yeah. So,
2: and like I, I in in the past kind of couple of weeks or month or so, I think it's uh, I saw today on on Twitter that it, today is Mihal Martin's 60th day as T which feels utterly bizarre. Feels like ten years at this stage, but in that kind of period, I've obviously for my job been interviewing a lot of musicians and artists and the kind of the resounding um, attitude or feeling that I'm hearing back from people in the arts is that they're feeling just so ignored and so like the government is treating their jobs as a hobby um, as opposed to a viable career that actually brings in uh, money for the country and not even just in terms of tourism and not in terms of um, even our, our biggest acts that kind of go out and, you know, draw people, draw people to Ireland. Just just the actual what feels like a small economy um, in in our venues in, you know, like Dublin and Limerick and Galway and Cork um, and, and elsewhere as well and, and smaller venues um, is actually you know, propping up a pretty significant part of our economy that the government, if, if they don't want to come at it from the arts angle, if they don't want to come at it from the, like, humanity-based helping people angle, then they should at least look at it from that angle because it is it is ridiculous that that, that they're just happy to have so many people out of work and not try not trying to get, get them back to work and just, you know, suggesting that they should retrain and, like, which they they have kind of reneged on that um on that stance, thankfully, but it's, it's just such a fucking nightmare at the moment. And I feel so sorry for people who are trying their very best, um, under all of this, like almost, Gaslighting and ignorance of the government. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's hard to imagine how fine.
1: they could inherit a system that, with Gael at least, was working um, in terms of communication and mess it up so badly, like Finfall messing it up so badly.
2: Yeah, and it seems like golf is going fine though. Golf is like,
1: grand. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's
2: a lot there's a lot of golf going and on golf that happening. I didn't know
1: about. Yeah, no. funny. I was actually in a dare on the on the Thursday that um, uh, Phil Hogan was as well.
2: Oh, did you see him? He well, I, sped by in his car. I could have been
1: he? inches from, my, I literally, well, not inches, yeah. meters. I could have, um, yeah. I did actually. Uh,
2: <laughs> not, not that he'd care. No, not that
1: he'd care. But I did actually <laughs> uh, take a, a a turn in the driveway of the Adair Golf Club where the you do tee off. So he could have been right there. Who knows? Um, yeah. And then with the venue stuff as well, I think, you know, what's coming down the line is the, the panic as well. Like in terms of, like to be frank, you know, what's happening with, ourselves and at myself and 9, and 9 and not being able to put on the gigs or DJ or anything like that. There's no money coming in anywhere, and yet the pop is going to go down to three hundred unless there's a campaign to keep it that uh, three fifty for per week for the music and arts and entertainment sector. um It's very grim, and then when the promoters especially and I feel bad for the promoters especially who are trying to do these events I try to do these outdoor events it was two gigs from in Ballykeef in Kilkenny last uh, that were put on sale last week outdoors in an amphitheater with Lisa Hannigan and they had to be cancelled because they could not get any sort of um, answer about what was required for them to put them on um, and they decided they could not go ahead. Uh, there was an email sent out. So basically, the government guidelines, after all this bullshit last week, uh, said, if anybody has any questions, any venues or promoters have any question, email this address. And so far, no one has got any uh, email back other than a generic one. So it's just people are feen- feeling very patronized and infuriated and angry and disenfranchised about the whole thing. And um, it's not... Yeah there's there I mean I think we knew this was going to happen already like there it'd be very lucky for you to go to any sort of gig beyond the kind of seated sit down ones before the end of the year even the likes of say other voices a lot of people were you know really looking forward to that having been in dingle and talking to people there it's never going to happen it's not going to happen the pubs aren't open uh, one of the venues Nelly Freds is no longer a venue it's now a candle shop um and the woman who owns that was saying you know, this is obviously like stating the obvious, but in a way, your optimistic brain is like, oh, the future, maybe Dingle in December, will, it'll be able to happen. There's no way other voice would be able to do Dingle with the music trail and bands and stuff like that packed into little small venues in December. Um There's just no way. And same for Iceland Airways, which was another, a lot of people's good few number of people i talked to in the last six months were like well at least airwaves will have airwaves in in um, november because iceland is isolated and it's been doing really well in terms of its coronavirus but they've brought in further restrictions on events and all that kind of stuff as well and and social distancing and everything if if people are traveling you're going to get it you're going to get more cases all that stuff so it's fairly um dejecting at the moment and A very sad, weird time we're all living in. Where you can't, you're not allowed to do what your what your life's work is, and then, but you're also being hemmed in in terms of financing. We're told you have to, like, the money you'll be getting every week from the government will be brought down until you're basically on the dole, and you can't afford to live like you were living in February anymore. So it's just crazy. It's (laughs) and then living in Dublin as well. So look. Um, that's where we're at at the moment. I'm sure it's going to change in the next couple of weeks. Uh, they are waiting. Originally, Epic were planning a big uh, day on the 16th of uh, September, and that was because the doll was coming back. Then. But now the doll is back, so I'm not sure what's going to happen exactly. But there's just so much messing around in terms of what's happening, who's doing what, and we need action. We need um actual So the call to action is actually going to be on the 16th of September. So look at Epic 2020 group, Epic Working Group on Twitter and various other places. um, And you'll see what their plan is for on the 16th of September if you're involved in music. now someone else who has been uh, weighing in on the uh, gig front uh, in terms of what should be happening is uh, Van Morrison. Noted curmudgeon Van Morrison uh, put a post on his website this week that uh, didn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, he wasn't very clear what he was stating. Uh, Yes, he said he was was asking people to save live music, to stand up and fight the pseudoscience and speak up. he says uh, he wants uh, full capacity gigs to come back uh, even though he's doing some socially distant gigs. He said he's doing those to get his band out up and running and out of the doldrums. He says Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and myself appear to be the only people in the music business trying to get it back up and running again. I don't know who he's talking to but um, you're wrong there, Ban. Uh, I call my fellow singers, musicians. I don't know you
2: You don't know what Lloyd Webber's doing behind the scenes now. I don't. Oh, that's all I'm no saying. No one knows. He, he, he could fix, if anyone, can do
1: it anyway the the point the stands here is that he's saying come forward stand up fight the pseudoscience and speak up and he's not quite clear what he's referring to but presumably he's on he's uh, one of those people that we've lost to um algorithms or or uh, people who just believe fundamentally that uh the coronavirus is something that we should
3: all uh, yeah, freedom we need our freedom some, not uh, someone's been on account. the phone to
2: jim core like oh yeah that's... well look Someone's been sending him QAnon and links and uh all of that garbage. Um, I don't know. And I mean he's he's in the midst of all this all these celebratory birthday things of um it, it, it's like his 75th birthday? Yeah, 75th like birthday, H- I think. Hot Press are doing that whole like month of people performing and stuff. Yeah, that's like,
1: ongoing right now. So, so yeah, yeah. it's like a really so, bad time for anyone who's been asked to do anything uh, related no, to No, that sucks. Morrison. Like, um, But
2: Van Morrison's gas, because it's like, it, it, it's such a, it's almost like a Morrissey level um, kind of dichotomy between how I feel about his music and how I feel about like anything else he has to say. It's just... If he's talking, I'm not listening. But if he's singing, I'm all about it, you know, that kind of way. But uh yeah, what what least I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about at it. At least like we have
1: Jedward. Who who thought we'd be talking uh, saying that, you know? I mean we hope all-
2: Jedward Jedward and my reason to be cheerful this week. <laughs> okay, well let's um, get into
1: it then. Your reason to be cheerful.
2: <laughs> just Jedwards, just generally T G I J. Um I I love them. Um, I have yet to get a DM from them. I'm a bit upset about that. I um, have <laughs> got a
1: DM from Jed.
2: Have you? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't got one yet. But I'm not. I'm not in the business of. I'm not in the business of baiting one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try any of that. If they think I'm doing a good job, they'll tell me. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think they're doing an amazing job. Um, really properly. Like I mean, we talked about them back during the. Black Lives Matter protests when they they were in the States like um, and someone they, they they weren't publicizing it themselves or anything. It was like somebody caught them on on the camera on their phone and they were just going past on a car, one of them inside the car, one of them on the roof with a. Uh, what do you call those things? Like a megaphone, just yelling, no justice, no peace, no fascist police. And <laughs> the thing was like, is that Jedward? <laughs> Everyone was like, yeah, it's Jedward. Absolutely killing it. Um, and then obviously they come home. They're like fully calling out Jim Corr. They're calling out the no masks, uh, yellow vest um, protests that they that, that was going on there um, a few days ago. They're they're just been amazing. Um, and I've I've always loved them. Do you know? Like I never I never had any ill will towards them. I think they're just really gas, really strange boys. And I'm so happy that we have them and I'm so happy that they that they veered left. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're they're just such good boys. Um and if anyone out there is still kind of like doubting Jedward or is still a bit like you know, oh, Buck fucking Jedward, just uh give them a shot because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to listen to their music or anything. They do have a new album out, uh which I've yet to listen oh, to. Oh, mi- mi- <laughs> It might be a bit of a shout for a future podcast now. <laughs>
1: we'll see about Cheer that Cheer us one. up
2: a bit, you know. Yeah, you never know. Um, There's plenty coming yeah. up though. There's
1: plenty coming up in terms of music. There are, Um, yeah, but, you know, TGIJ. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Well, my reason for cheerful this week is uh, one of the reasons. um, One of the people that we talked to on the podcast last week, uh, which is God Knows, and he released a East Coast remix of the Who's Asking uh, original track that came out in February. Uh, It features Mango, Nilo, Scripta and Rebel Phoenix and a video by Dave Tynan. Can I
2: just say that video is unbelievable like it's it is so good it's just so like it's so energetic and huge I absolutely love it
1: yeah it's brilliant Um, all shot around Dublin um, with all the lads wearing masks and hanging out um, in Wood (laughs) Quay and lots of dancers and stuff Um, it sounds a bit like this
2: Bigger man, I don't need to speak to no minimum. I just show up and know it's a liver man killer when I sweat and when they give me under rhythm. Man. God knows I got flows. and like I got a winning team like Cut Bro.
0: What the fuck about how you feel though? Only warm on my does, ain't me, low light. Rebel P, my pedigree. In the trenches to build that legacy. Now, funny how things unfolded. Give a front run packed, I'm a schedule we'll loaded. Still here, stood up, kid. Never fake my phone, but don't no count shit. So fuck anyone who down there to make a meet every word they started. Yeah. Who's lost in the game? Who's yeah, so, asking again?
2: So who's asking again?
1: <laughs> it is God Knows, and uh, that's the East Coast All-Stars Remix featuring script Neilo, Nilo, Mango, and Rebel Phoenix. Uh, if, and like we touched on the podcast last last week, if there's... what well, everything else seems to be going to shit. At the very least, Irish music this year has been, and I particularly like the likes of God Knows and Denise, they've just been killing it, and they've been doing great things, and they've been making things, making me feel like... Very positive for music and creativity and collaboration. Yeah. And I think. I mean, if
2: if people haven't listened to our conversation with them uh, that we released last week, it, it was like, I don't know about you, but I walked out of the room that day just feeling like so much lighter and so much like I genuinely felt like everything was going to be OK. There's such a positive group of people to be around the three of those guys like they're they're incredible like their energy is incredible um and I just I really can't wait until we can start being in a room and seeing them with a proper crowd and really you know, in their element, um, I can't wait until that's the thing again.
1: Yeah, and it was, you're right, and, I, and what I really liked about it myself was just the fact that, you know, you didn't have, um, we didn't have questions prepared, as I think we say at the start, but like, it was just a free flowing conversation, um, I think I, I barely even talked in the whole thing, really, I was <laughs> like, just listening, and it was just lovely to be able to share that space with three people, and yourself, who were just, you know, we were just having a chat and it was lovely. And it was really yeah. a reminder of why he, you want to do interviews in the first place. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't want, I don't have, there was no agenda. We were just listening to people share their thoughts in a unfiltered fashion. And I think that was why people are reacting to it as well. So do go listen to that if yeah. you have a chance great. this week. It's really, really great. It's there on the feed. Um, so that's uh, our reason to be cheerful. The album of the week this week is from Angel Olsen. It is called Whole New Mess. And here is the title track. Yeah. All right, that was Angel Olsen. The album is called Whole New Mess, and it is out this Friday. Um, where do we start with it? It is a album which comes close on the heels of last year's All Mirror Mirrors, which we uh, did review on the podcast and talk about, um, and had differing opinions on it last year. It's kind of a solo album this time around. Uh, it Features nine of the eleven, nine of the eleven songs on the record uh, share. Ideas, lyrics, sounds, melodies, and uh, are with All Mirrors, but they were reworked or titled in different ways with an alternative track list on the album. The album was actually recorded in 2018, late 2018, in the unknown and isolated old church that was converted into a studio by Mount Erie's Phil Elverum and producer Nicholas Wilbur in a small town of Anacortes in Washington. And (coughs) the album was basically... Herself, uh Angel Olson, and a guy called Michael Harris, who uh lived for ten days in a rental and built a daily ritual of getting coffee each morning in a nearby bookstore. They hiked Mount Erie, visited state parks and strolled the empty streets of the town beneath the full moon, but mostly the sessions were casual, relaxed and quiet. Allowing Olsen the space to fully explore the feelings that she had in those songs, and um, that sounds positively idyllic in terms of that. But the album is actually, um the producer Michael Harris uh, recorded the album In the Unknown with Olsen and just her and her guitar pretty much, so it's markedly different. It's not really, I think I thought I was getting demos of the album originally. But it's definitely not just demos. It's it's something else that's drawn from the same book of songs. Angel Olsen, in regards to the songs themselves, says, I'd gone through this breakup, but it was so much bigger than that. I'd lost friendships too. When you get out of a relationship, you have to examine who you are or where in all of the relationships I wanted to record when I was still processing those feelings. So these are personal, the personal takes encapsulated in a moment. So, um Andrea you were a big fan of uh, all of mirrors and mm-hmm. um, so will we start with kind of figuring out where these two sit together yeah. in terms of um listening and enjoyment
2: sure yeah um so I I think I said during that um the review the podcast that we did when we reviewed all mirrors that it was her best work so far and I think that now listening to this album and how those songs are reworked or how they were reworked for All Mirrors I think I still stand by that because the DNA of these songs like you said are are still very much the same um and I think but like crucially I I really do prefer this album to that album um because I I do remember losing a lot in in some of the songs on All Mirrors in the more kind of synth heavy songs I went back and had a listen over the past couple of days and I still I still maintain that the the more orchestrally driven tracks are that tend to come that tended to come later in the album um I I veered more towards those and a bit less towards the the synth heavy ones so when when you take that away now and those those songs are kind of stripped down uh so to speak um I can I can really hear the bones of them and I can really hear their uh, what what their DNA is. Um and yeah I think I I think where, where the previous album served that idea of a bigger picture um Angel Olsen as an arranger and as a kind of a as a composer I think that this album is is much more about her songwriting. Um, and um i i know that those are kind of two sides of the same coin so it it makes sense that these albums are two sides of the same coin but they are very much serving different aesthetics and this just happens to be an aesthetic that is more in tune with what my taste in music is um and i think you know i i've heard other albums that sound like all mirrors you know but i i i mean the wise blood album from that was also last year, wasn't it, or was it the year before? That was last year, yeah. Um, that that's that would be a good touch point for All Mirrors. But I think when she's working like this in this space and in, in the space that she's working in, um, on Whole New Mess, like there's really nobody else like her. Um, and you know where where All Mirrors interested me musically and kept me engaged. Um, Whole New Mess moved me and kind of took me out of the analytics of listening to music and just it just into this whole kind of transported space where it was just emotion on emotion on emotion. I actually I found it the first time I listened to it. Um, I I couldn't listen to it the whole way through because I was I, I didn't want to rush through it. Do you know, I, every single song that I was hearing, this is the the new album. Um, every single song that I was hearing, I was so like hit by it and moved by it that I I didn't want to just rush into the next song. So I found it like I really had to take my time with it or I wa- rather I wanted to take my time with it because I didn't want my first listen of this album to be over too quickly um because there's there's just certain records that you know you only you only really hear them. Well, you obviously only hear them for the first time once. And I knew that this was one that where I wanted to really kind of savor that, um, especially having that level of familiarity with the songs and hearing how they've been transformed um, or how the touch points that you think you have on them are warped and changed. And she's going in kind of new and interesting directions, uh, whether it's with her voice or whether it's um, what she's doing with the guitar or whether it's how her, 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 how the kind of the, I mean, I hasten to say production, but you know, how, how, how her voice is recorded and how it moves in that space um, can just change one half of a song completely to, to to the other half of the song so yeah i think well while there is a kind of a b-side aesthetic to this record it's definitely not a album of b-sides it's definitely its own unique thing um yeah that's where i'm at
1: i think it's fair to say the aesthetic of this album is very much um well it's not mm. a demo necessarily but they do lean into the kind of you know, it's a mm. bit rough, it's a bit ragged, and that's in- intentional in terms of the vocals sounding a bit distorted at times, some of the instruments sounding a bit distorted. It's like it's taking up the entire dynamic space. And that's because, you know, with the denseness and vastness of all mirrors removed, the unadorned nature of of Angel Olsen's music is, and the strength of her music is, that her voice is at its centre and it's that voice alone, regardless of anything else that's happening is, around it, is has the ability to take you somewhere. And that's what all great singers do. And that's what mm-hmm. all great singers possess. And I think she is a great singer. And so that's why we talked about it before. Like, phases, is the kind of B-sides album. Like, some of that stuff kind of is some of my favorite Angel Olsen awesome music because it's just, it's sort of, sort of unfiltered. It is direct expression. It's her and her guitar there's not a huge amount of production and I think for me that's why I didn't like All Mirrors that much because I felt like there was too many attempts to make this huge uh, very large production with arrangements and lots of strings that were kind of folding on each other and coming back and forth and uh, and then there was the kind of other element, like this, yeah, very dense production that had a lot of electronic stuff and then had other things going on, and you just weren't sure, it just never really seemed to gel for me completely, I just never really was like, yeah, this is what I want, Um, so I much enjoy, much more uh, prefer this kind of production when it comes to a singer like this, where her voice is the centre appeal of, of her music for me and um, I could listen to it all day and I could listen to it a cappella, and this is as close as we're going to get to that um, and that's why I really like it and it's also, I guess the other part of this is that we've heard some of these songs in different, in more fully formed or fully fledged versions before so it's interesting uh, going back and, and hearing, I actually did a like for like on a lot of them today just to hear Me too, yeah. how they sounded yeah and other than there's a few songs which i think are really strong mm. on all mirrors that which are also strong here like the um what which ones um all mirrors itself uh, which is kind of the same song from a different angle on this album but mm. it's both, it's very strong on that album as well
2: i think uh T- tonight without you as well yeah is are you know so similar enough in their delivery, but just kind of different yeah. in their tone or their timbre. Yeah, and that
1: one's, this one is obviously much more stripped down. I think mm. that's the only one for me that maybe feels a bit more one-dimensional on this mm. record, where a lot of the other ones, um, I really enjoy the different takes that she's doing. I really mm. enjoy, like, Too Easy, Bigger Than Us, the second track on on this album. And uh, Whole New Mess kind of issues that Twin Peaks atmosphere in favor of a more guttural, direct... Delivery and that's something I really enjoy yeah. and I think that's where she shines uh, a lot. And then there are also there are new songs here. There's two new songs in particular and they're both very, very strong. A uh, Whole New Mess, which opens the record, which we heard there, works really well as the intro. Mm. And uh, certainly a very strong song that could have fit on Mirrors in some capacity. And then Waving and Smiling is the other one, um, which are both excellent tracks. So they're not just, you know,
2: they're my, popping up my two the track list. They're my two favourites actually on the album. I I think Waving Smiling is the one that I've listened to the most. Um I think that's a absolute that's up there with Unfuck the World for me, like it's or may may maybe not quite there because I I do, I do I think that that song is a bit of an all-timer but um I I love wa- waving smiling and and Whole New mess I think that they they gel so beautifully here um and I'd be interested to know if she does have that orchestral all mirrors versions of, of these tracks because I think waving smiling would work just in terms of how it is moving tonally um she's doing very interesting things with chords there that I could imagine um a choir working well with or um, just kind of maybe like four part harmony or just something a bit more or- orchestral working well with it. But I just think it's so beautiful on its own. Um, These songs are on this record are
1: just they connect in a real human uh, way. Where Do you think that, that
2: that's got anything to do with like where we're at? Globally. Oh,
1: possibly. You know? And I mean, even even going back to Listen to All Mirrors this week, I found it more suitable to the time that we're living yeah. in than I did last year. I think um, it's
2: it's maybe harder, I'm finding it harder to connect with grandiosity at the moment. I think yeah. um, in intimacy and closeness um, feel more appropriate at the moment. I'm just... I understand um,
1: that, yeah, the intimacy of, of music, um, like... This and, say, the Taylor Swift record. And then, for me, it's the other side, the further side, the escapist level mm. of music where, you know, the likes of the or Lipa record. Or which which just I like, found it
2: really, really hard to connect with that record during right. lockdown, you know. Yeah, but um, that's just
1: pure escapism in yeah. lots of ways. And that's, you know, I, I feel the same about, we'll touch on one of those... Uh, tracks and songs of the week this week, just like escapist dance music mm-hmm. that I really have been connecting with a lot because it just takes me somewhere else. And in the same way, that's what Angel Olsen does here. In other ways, it's her voice that takes me places that makes me feel different. Uh, like I'm not just... I don't know. It's it's transportative. And that's the thing about her music and that's the thing about her voice. Mm. It does feel like that. It does feel like you're, you're, it's a window into her soul more yeah. than anything else. And, and I think
2: and she, she manages to kind of walk that line between, on this record, um, between being really grounding and that kind of transformative, transportative thing that she does where, you know, there's a lot of tracks on this album that still sound cinematic. They're just in a different kind of film, do you know? Um, And I just think that, yeah, those, maybe those other, those bigger albums, or even, you know, when I was listening to All Mirrors, I I was like, this feels like something that I can enjoy at some, you know, undetermined point in the future. It just doesn't feel like I can connect with that right now. I I can't really connect to bangers at the moment. I think I'm much more in a space where I'm looking for that, you know, that that feeling of of somebody being on shaky ground, which is where I think Angel Olson is perfect. That's that where she does her best work when she, you know, she has that warble. She has that um, like that's that's in the kind of it's in the very bones of her musical timbre and her musical aesthetic is that she sounds shaky and she sounds like she's maybe on the verge of tears sometimes, or she she sounds like she could just go off and start crying in the middle of a song. But but at the same time, she's, you know, she sounds so strong and so um so assured. Um and I think that that is the re that that's a reason why I just found this album so moving this week and so easy to connect to um while also finding it, you know, quite challenging as well which is what I look for in music so you know. yeah I guess it's
1: strange to have two versions of an album that you can delve into do you and you suggest your what you're saying there suggests you probably go back to this one more than you don't be could you yeah. see yourself making a playlist of both
2: I mean I think yeah I think what what I mean is that the the other version the the larger version just doesn't feel like it's for me, right now, and I'm very grateful yeah, to have future, both versions. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like there are songs on 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 that album that I've continued to listen to. Um, Tonight being one of them, and the the title track um, that I've continued to listen to since it was released. But I think as an album and as a, a, a as a cohesive album, because that was one of my other problems with with All Mirrors was that it didn't feel to me like it had that sort of narrative or it had that cohesion that ran through it. Whereas here um, I can really feel like there's a story being told um, from start to finish. Um, and I think that that helps a lot because it's, it's giving me something to hold on to. It's giving me stories, you know, which is actually something that I loved about the Taylor Swift album as well is that I was being given stories um, and I wasn't just being given kind of abstractions, you know, Um even though that, even though lyrically, this is probably "This and All Mirrors" uh, is probably the most kind of abstract that Angel Olsen has been in her career. But she, she but she, but she does it in in, in such a way that it is, um, it's just so, it's so moving. Yeah. And I, I would really encourage people who've heard all mirrors and kind of who might think that this is just you know acoustic versions. I mean, I, I hope that we've explained that that's not what the album is. But if if anyone is, if anyone thinks that this is just acoustic versions or it's a live version or or anything like that, I'd I'd encourage people to listen to it. Yeah, as it's as a whole its new thing.
1: mood. It's yeah. a whole new thing itself. It's got a whole new track list. It's um, all of those things. Yeah. And if anything. That I take away from it, it's that Angel Olsen is one of the most unique and interesting singers and uh, songwriters that we have at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so. absolutely.
2: I think she's uh, she's great in in the in the true sense of that word. Um, I think that she's going to really really stand the test of time uh, when it comes to uh, songwriters. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, uh, let's take a bit from that other new song on the album, uh, "Waving, Smiling." That was Angel Olsen. Album is called Whole New Mess, and it is out this Friday, twenty eighth of August. Um, in the meantime, while we were uh, doing the album review, there has been some breaking news. Yet again, we're doing breaking news on a podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, EU Commissioner Phil Hogan. Oh, oh,
2: oh! What what? is going to resign? (gasps) Fuck off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's on Twitter there now. Um, Shut so up. Uh, turns out he's going to resign oh uh, tonight. Oh my god! And uh, to bring it all the way back to... Um,
2: oh my god! Uh, Sorry, <laughs> now you you don't understand how much of my life this story has been like this. Oh, listen,
1: been, I'm the same. I uh, like I've, absolutely... I've
2: thought of nothing else. Um, oh yeah. Since it's happened, wow, we.
1: Yeah, so source close to Phil Hogan, it's done, said Richard Chambers. Um, So apparently he's Richard Chambers,
2: by the way. I know we we don't usually give shout outs to uh, like traditional uh, like news journalists, but God, he's been playing a blinder, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, never, 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 never not stopping.
2: Never not, not stopping. He's (laughs) just great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fair play. Um, so there you go. There's some breaking news. And to bring it back to what we were just talking about, which are reason to be cheerful, Carl uh, Kinsella um, said it was all over for Phil Hogan the moment Ursula von der Leyen, uh actual von der Leyen, uh liked the tweet by Jefford. Wherein mm. they suggest that they replace him.
2: <laughs> she not only liked it, she retweeted it.
1: Did she? Yeah, yeah. He, they She's said, a legend. Uh, Well, uh, they said, we have more EU connections than some people. We did do Eurovision twice. (laughs) So, yeah. They're right. It was on the cards. Thank God. Okay. (sighs) Now we can read again about that. So, uh, well, until we get a new commissioner. Well,
2: <laughs> anyway, look for this, for is this evening. I mean. <laughs> for this evening, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so that's where we're at. Okay, we go. very good. Nice bit of closure there. Yeah, uh, at the same time. Okay, it's time for our songs of the week. Our first song this week is from Wyvern Lingo and it it's called Brutal Lottery.
0: 10,000 children slipped into the cracks, missing in action when we turned our parks. One less mouth to feed. Mouth to feed, ten thousand vultures swirling patiently This nameless meat is unaccompanied One less mouth to feed, mouth to feed In this brutal lottery child was 10,000 children
1: okay that was wyvern lingo the song is called a brutal lottery it came out last Friday um, so the song is about uh, the Continuing in hiring situation where refugee children go missing in Europe while traveling or seeking asylum. Uh, it was the song was birthed by Karen Cowley, um, who was involved in the 10,000 missing children campaign in 2016. It was written based on that, as you can hear some of the lyrics there. It's really about um, not um, recognizing that these people or these kids or children are the same as. Irish children or white children, 10,000 children slipped into the cracks, missing in action while we turned our backs, one less mouth to feed. Also relates it to, um, <clears throat> I heard a story several years ago, the bones of children from the famine boats. Washed up nameless on some foreign coast. another century could have been you and me in this brutal lottery. So, uh, Andrea, you picked the song this week, which uh, is a good choice. Tell yeah. me, um, what's your perspective
0: on it?
2: Yeah, um I I actually I interviewed Karen this week uh about the song and about upcoming stuff and um it, yeah have you ever told a musician that their music made you cry because it's always really weird when you do it <laughs> um, I don't think so yeah I no the so. first I think the the first time I listened I listened to this along with the with the lyric video which is you know very very simple but um um just uh, therefore kind of very effective because those lyrics are so stark and they're so direct. And um, I yeah, I just think it's a it's a really beautiful and very, very sad song. And it's it's a lovely way to um, to draw attention to this crisis that is probably being overlooked a little bit and in other ways is being um, sort of marred by really um, awful racist rhetoric that is coming out of specifically the UK, but we're not without it here either when it comes to, um, uh, migrants and, and, and refugees. So I, yeah, I think it's, it, it's a really fantastic cause. I mean, when I was talking to Karen about, um, missing children, Europe, who, um, will have the proceeds, the proceeds from this band camp sales, um, donated to them, they work on an EU level to, um, enact change uh, when it comes to refugee rights specifically the the rights of uh, refugee children um I I was just really surprised um and you know that that kind of ignorance that you have towards causes that you're not fully in um just at the amount of work that they they do um missing children in Europe that is and the amount of work that isn't being done on a European level as well so I think it's 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 an amazing cause it's it's and you know like by buying a band camp song um isn't really going to take you or I very much to do, but it does, it does help. Um, and the song itself is obviously very beautiful. Their, their harmonies are kind of being used in a very harrowing way this time, as opposed to where we're used to hearing them, um, in a much more, I don't want to say peppy, but a much more kind of upbeat kind of, um, R&B tinged, um, yeah. It's a hard thing to do to take
1: those kind of very stark direct lyrics mm-hmm. in, and um turn them into something that isn't pontificating Yeah, and, um you know doesn't just sound like you're running through a news story. Yes. Um yeah. and I think that's very commendable.
2: Yeah, I mean this cause is, is clearly something that means a lot to to the band and um Karen in particular. Um and I just yeah, I just think it's 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 a really, really amazing song. Um and a really lovely video too and a really great cause so you know it's three for three
1: very good okay uh, track number two this week is from your boy it's my boy! John FJM uh, Papa. it is a song called Papa 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 John Misty it is called
0: 2S flying on pants in your voodoo mass high on the own supply And the way that you hold my hand to the bone Honestly ain't half bad it to I'm sure you'd float away I had a dream and you were in it is all you had to
1: say okay that was Father John Misty the song is called 2S this was This came out uh, on Friday with another track called 2 Or." Tell me about both of these songs, please.
2: Yeah, so this is um, a double A side from Papa. um, And they are... Two, like they're similar enough songs. Uh, it wouldn't be a stretch to kind of compare it to the the Angel also album that we were talking about. Um, they're not the same song, but they're they're kind of coming at the same topic from two different angles. Uh, Two War is a much more, um, it, it's a much fuller kind of band sound from from him, and then Two S, obviously as you heard there, is is piano and vocal driven with these kind of sweeping string, this sweeping string arrangement that that's kind of circling around it. Um, I chose 2S for the podcast because I it's it's my favorite of the two of them. Um it's it's um I I feel like I I have no idea when these were recorded um or when they were written. But to me they they sound a bit like a pure comedy sort of era um I I reckon they if if they were going to be on one of his albums it would probably be pure comedy but maybe because they're a bit too or this one anyway is a bit too kind of um personal and relationship kind of driven it wouldn't have fit on that album but just kind of aesthetically and tonally it sounds like it's off that record as opposed to the last one God's favorite customer um I'm just I'm I really adore this song I really do I think he's um I'm just I hope he's okay. Um <laughs> I I think his 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 lyrics are really simple and really beautiful, which is when when I think he he does his best work when he doesn't um when he doesn't uh try to I don't know, wrap wrap a simple concept up too much in metaphor. Um I like when he does that with the big concepts, but here I mean like just, I think the the line without the blues you're tethered to uh, I'm sure you'd float away kind of says a lot about either where he's at or where he's at in his relationship or um I'm not really sure what it's specifically referring to but it's it's a it's definitely a line right (laughs) it's definitely pretty um and then you know that delivery of I had a dream and you were in it is is so affecting and it's just really nice to hear him still sounding so great and still releasing these great tracks um now they they were released for like a, a singles. St- club thing
1: yeah like a sub pop single yeah club so
2: yeah. it's it's really hard to tell if it's any indication of a new album I'm kind of, like I'm not getting my hopes up because why should anything go my way um, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay alright
2: <laughs> everything else Thanks. about this year has been a shit show like <laughs> why why should a new father John Misty album be be announced you know that would just that would be a good thing in, in this in this year but um but I mean, God, I I I hope I hope he's making music right now because I really want to hear his take on all this. There's not many people I trust to um to kind of deal with the immediacy of the situation that we're in right now. But but he is Josh is a person that I trust with that. So I really really hope even if he doesn't put anything out soon, I hope he's working on it. Um and yeah, I love it. What 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 do you make of it? Um yeah, they definitely sound like um.
1: Outtakes from something, possibly just looking at the uh, people involved, the Hexan Cloak and Dave's Sermonara, uh, both of them were involved in um, the last album, mm-hmm. God's Favourite Customer, um, and they seem to have some origins between 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm interested to see what comes next. I I I'm actually to pry. I am actually curious uh, to to know where he is at in terms of his personal <laughs> relationships, not that I usually am, but since he did an, a very good album about one many years ago now, but um like what is He kind of did like
2: the the album about love, I think or, or, or about modern love anyway. Maybe I I don't think I've ever done one of my little um uh Dre goes deep on an artist about no I haven't actually on Father John Misty so maybe um I'll do one of those at some stage in the next six months. Um but yeah I mean I Love You Honey Bear was like the album on on uh, on love and relationships in in the modern world. Yeah. And I don't know how I mean Jesus to to write an album like that and and to have so many people hear such a personal unique take on love and then to kind of have to like just live with the fact that that is out there and that your music is so personal that if you release a song that is like a breakup song (laughs) Um, or or a song that indicates that things aren't going well like that you know how invested people are going to be in that so it's yeah it's really really difficult I mean that was only his second album and it was his first album that went you know it, it was the album that kind of put him on the map you know it's um, so five years ago.
1: A lot can happen in five years. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot can. Um but I mean things seem things seemed okay on the last record. So I don't know. I just hope he's okay. He's a he's a very gentle soul and he he takes in a lot of the world. And I just hope he's okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, well, I hope he's uh, um, managing himself and looking after himself at the same time. That is true. Um, okay, so now for something completely different. We were talking about escapist music earlier on. This is my escapism um, It is from Marie Davidson And Loy New uh, Marie Davidson you might know from the song Work It last year which had the Soul Wax remix Which I played everywhere Every time I DJed pretty much uh, This is from a new album out on Ninja Tune On the 25th of September It is called Renegade Breakdown the album is called the same thing And uh, this is what it sounds like
3: And by the way There are no money makers on this record This time I'm exploring the loser's point of view Never mind the term It's a renegade breakdown I don't want your advice on how to elaborate my speech I have no interest
1: Okay, that was Marie Davidson and Loy New. Um, It is called Renegade Breakdown. Now, this is particularly in my wheelhouse in terms of its sound because it is taking its inspiration from kind of space disco of the 80s and also a very particular strain of kind of dance music that was in the 80s. Um, Very much bicep pumping. There's a song called uh, Walk the Night by the Scap Brothers I'm going to play now just to give you... um, This is like... a a bit of a DJ classic now at this point uh, often played and it's got a lot of um, got a lot of bicep pumping in it and it's very similar in tone to Renegade Breakdown so it's Scat Brothers, and Walk the Night So that is Walk the Night from the Scat It's Very much an uh, inspiration, I'm sure, for a Renegade Breakdown from Marie Davidson. I really like what she's doing, as she said there. Um, oh, by the way, there are no money makers on this record. This time I'm exploring the loser's point of view. And I like that kind of spoken word, sass, that she has going on and she's uh, developed over the last while. Very interesting artist. Uh Marie Davidson is Canadian, uh French, and uh, this new act is herself and she was in a band called Essay Pa before and it includes them, the two players in that, Pierre Guerinot and Azil uh, Robital, and then, then so then herself. So that's the three of them working, and uh, that's the opening track from the album. And this gave me a lot of joy hearing this last week. I was like, yes, this is escapist music that I want to hear. This is Got a bit of sass. It's got a lot of drama. It's a bit of theater. It's um, yeah. I've been really enjoying this the past week.
2: I love this. I really love this. Um, I I mean, for me, it's I mean that the voice and and that delivery is so, it's so engaging and so like it borders on funny. Um, it's really tongue in cheek, like kind of cheesy. I love it. Um, and you know that little bass riff that comes in every now and then, and then that like distorted electric guitar swoop those those were the two things that I really latched on to so I was really happy yeah. to hear you play something else that sounded exactly like that and I think that this is an area of electronic music that I'm very much unfamiliar with um oh yeah but it's
1: one if, of the most fun
2: like if you have more of that like could you just send it my way because I think I could I could time to
1: make a playlist
2: please I could really get into that I think um it's it's got a kind of a I mean to bring it back to Lloyd Webber, it sounds like it's maybe gonna go into <laughs> yeah, Phantom yeah, of yeah, the yeah. opera or something. Yeah, it's it's really, a bit like Jesus Christ
1: superstar or something. Right,
2: yeah, really theatrical and really kind of like I, I like that cheesiness. I like that kind of um that theater of it, that campness. Um yeah, love that. So if you've got if you've got more of that, please send it my way. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Sweet. I think the Walk the Night is a song um that was in a film by uh that I think oh uh, Al Pacino was in. Oh,
2: it called? Again, you're speaking my language.
1: Yeah. Like exactly. are we
2: talking 70s Pacino or 80s? Oh, probably 80s. I think Pacino it's
1: 80s. Is there a film where he goes uh, undercover in into some gay club? And that's his whole thing in the film. It's cruising. Is it cruising? Yeah, cruising. Oh yeah. Nineteen eighties American erotic crime thriller starring Al Pacino. Oh my god! I think that song is on it on the soundtrack. I've never seen it. I've never seen it.
2: Nor have I. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at it now. He looks great.
1: Might be one to add to the list for this yes. week.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Because I so remember I was going through my Pacino season. I didn't actually yeah. get beyond the 70s because.
1: Oh, OK. So ha- Harry stopped, stopped me.
2: Right he was out. like, he was like, I don't want to watch any more Pacino films. We need to watch other films now. <laughs> I <was> like, OK, <laughs> so I'm going to get back on it. I'm going to pick it up with Cruising, I think. This looks great
1: okay 1980 uh, absolutely sweet very good okay (laughs) class I I will definitely maybe put together a playlist and actually I might share with the patron subscribers as well Um, if I can figure out enough tunes that sound in a similar vein to that I think I can do
2: it patreon.com forward slash niler (laughs) nine
1: exactly you're the only it's the only way we're making money right now Mm -hmm. so uh, do consider supporting from five a month so uh, our final track of the week is from James Fitzpatrick Morrow. It's called I Should Go and features production from Kenny Beats.
0: I never thought I'd ever need you around Hard enough to make me only Never thought I'd die for a sign me less miserable all about
1: That's James Vincent Morrow. A song is called "I Should Go." Um, that was released last week and uh, came with some actual gig announcements. Um, so James is one of the few people next year who has announced some regular gigs in the big top in Limerick, um, Leisure Land and Galway, Telegraph Building in Belfast and Olympia Theatre. March next year, March is going to be a busy, busy thing if, if we if we manage to be able to put on. I, and that's my question about those events. People are putting on those events and selling tickets for them. I presume they're not selling the full venue uh, capacity. At I'd the assume moment, they're not. I'm, yeah. I would say it's, so. a,
2: it's, it's an 800 ticket sort of business for a place like the Olympia like
1: sure yeah Yeah, I can't see it being full capacity by March but this song is uh, probably coming from his forthcoming fifth album which is due to maybe be released before the end of the year it seems Um, I like this a lot I think it has a lovely kind of soft funk hip hop sway to it Kenny Beats has done a lot of work with rappers over the years and uh I really liked this slight change of direction in it. Um, I'm also excited to hear that he's worked with Little Silva, Paul Epworth and Patrick Waverly on the upcoming album as well. So that suggests a few different styles coming down the line and uh, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, I think it could be very interesting. So um, I really like the song a lot. I think this is my favourite song he's done in, in quite a while.
2: That was pre- precisely what I was going to say is that the, I think this is this is my favorite song he's done in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the groove in this one. Right. It's just you can't you can't help but like give yourself over to that. I think it's it's such a strong track. And I think I think, yeah, the the, the production on this is impeccable. Like it is. It's so um, it's so crisp you know um and I think that the drums especially sound really 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 nice to my ears um yeah I love this direction I hope I hope the album is uh is kind of more of this more of this sort of um groovy vibes if I may um groovy vibes uh Andrea Cleary music journalist it has groovy vibes (laughs) but um yeah, you know, I, I I I think we we've heard what he can do in in other kind of maybe more stripped back areas. So I think it's really exciting to hear him build on that now and do interesting things at rhythm and and you know his his voice remains this kind of this anchor within that. Um, because I think he's got such a he's got such a distinctive voice and such a powerful voice. I mean, I watched him on um it was songs from an empty room. He was on yes, yeah. I watched him on that, and you know that voice is just it's so. It's so strong. It's so um, it's so engaging. So I'm really excited to see it go in in a new direction.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm excited. Well, like uh, I mentioned, Patrick uh, Wimberley, there he uh, is one of uh, originally worked in chairlift and did a lot of production, doing a lot of production currently at the moment. Uh, most recently. Well, James is one of the artists he's working with, but he's, in the last few years, worked with a number of people like Solange, um, Soko, and Anna uh, of the North as well, So, and Little Silva as well, one of the really interesting UK producers, and Paul Epworth, of course, who has done many, many things over the years, uh, used to be called Phones, but has really gone on to work with uh, Florence, and Adele, and all sorts of people in the last uh, number of years. So yeah exciting stuff um so i really like when i'm here and there so um yeah uh, i'm excited to hear so that is our songs of the week this week um well else you've been up to uh, what else have you been enjoying uh, in the last you, while? What's been consuming you?
2: You go first because I have to think about it. <laughs>
1: okay. Um well I'm I haven't got I'm it is Wednesday now the day that Tenet comes out. I'm hoping to see it next week. Okay. Um so in anticipate anticipation for that, I watched rewatched Interstellar. Um, just because I hadn't seen it in a while and I was kind of going what is this like um, it's kind of silly but um, I did enjoy it
2: um, I, I love Interstellar I I do I think it's really like I don't I only saw it once but I remember that's I, why
1: I wanted to be watching yeah. it was only, I've only ever seen it once I, and I, was like, I cried is this is good
2: and I think if I cry at a film that's probably a good um, a good indication of it at least like me having a positive experience with it. I don't know. Like I think it's so hard to know with Nolan with those sort of like high concept Nolan films about whether or not they're like good. Um I'm am seeing a lot of people come out of Tenet and saying I have no idea if it's good or not, but I enjoyed it and then a lot of critics being like no, it's not good. <laughs> so I don't know. Um but I'm I'm not a film critic, so I feel like I can probably go in and just um just let it happen to me, you know, that's that's what I want yeah. anyway.
1: And I think, you know, like everyone said, because it's one of the only major film back in the cinemas when they're really re-showing things and and re-showing old films. It is nice to be able to have that experience. That's tenet. And Christopher Nolan film is not the kind of one you can go... It is definitely suited for cinema, is what I mean, Yeah, um, a big screen. So um, I'm excited to see that, at the very least. So whatever else happens is the same. Um, I did also complete season four of The Sopranos. So I've got like... Two left. I've got um, 21 episodes left of the whole whole series. Just Uh, just the 21. Yeah, just just 21. But I I really enjoyed uh, season four, of um, the Sopranos, uh, in particular, it was a bit of a lull, you know. It's like when you're watching something. I started watching this in like April or something, mm. and <clears throat> I'm kind of glad I'm taking time with it now because it's actually been really good. I
2: think you started watching it at the beginning, or a, maybe a couple of weeks into lockdown, because I remember yeah, we uh, were talk, April, we were talking yeah. about it around that time. Yeah,
1: but it's just so good, and um, e- like Edie Falco and um,
2: Gan- Gandolfini.
1: James Gandolfini are just so brilliant, mm. such brilliant actors. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, they're such such brilliant actors. And just watching that is reason enough to, you know, even though I'd seen it before, but I didn't quite remember everything. Um, and I've just been really enjoying all of that stuff. Uh, I did per se to myself, I would watch, I would, uh, well, I didn't watch anything when I was on holidays because I was on holidays, but um, I did say I would read a book. I ended up reading Endurance, <laughs> the book about, um, the uh Antarctic mission um that uh Tom Crean and Shackleton and all took in the Antarctic in 1914 15 um which has just a gripping book. He's like if you wanted something Is that the
2: you, I is that is that the one where the Derek Madden poem is about it? The I I'm just going outside and maybe some time. No, thing? that's Scott. Oh okay. Um yeah
1: um no, so Endurance is the uh the one that took the the trip across the Antarctic and just the craziness of them getting stuck in the ice for months on end drifting um in the middle of nowhere. No, end, thank you. Their, yeah, <laughs> then their ship uh sinking and then dragging things across ice and ice flows for many months somehow um spoiler alert nobody actually dying and uh, eventually like nearly 2 years later getting rescued it's crazy Whoa. crazy story I
2: don't I don't know um, that story I don't think
1: Oh it's just unreal yeah. and like it's good the endurance book is good it was written in the 50s and um it takes a lot of the the diaries of the men that were on board so there's 24 26 27 maybe total so a lot of them kept diaries so it's quite detailed in terms of what happens mm. And, it's and a then really is it a,
2: a biographer kind of putting it together and telling the story yeah. kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, did it really did it make hard. you contextualize like your own situation within a pandemic? <laughs> was it, was it, was it, was it well, one of those kind of things where you're reading it being like, well, it could be worse.
4: Yeah,
1: it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more than anything from the book, you just come out of it going, they spent pretty much two years in cold, damp um, sleeping bags from the 19 like tens you're like they were not good sleeping bags i'm surprised there was a couple of people who suffered but like they didn't die and they didn't even get like severe frostbite or anything like that i mean while they did have really horrible situations and one of them has to get a, a, a leg amputated and stuff like that but just like it was you know for the most part they managed to survive it's just really human uh endeavors and just like also it's a crazy thing in the first place to even do um, like it is you know. like let's be honest yeah
2: you know like what <laughs> like, it was what basically really were you expecting to happen you know yeah
1: well like Shackleton did this because it was the only thing really left because the polls were already taken uh and uh in previous years so he was like he needed to do something turns out uh shackledon was born in a thai in county kildare did you know that
2: stop it I didn't know that no.
1: There is a there is a statue in a uh to Ernest Shackleton, so there you go. There you go. Very good. <laughs> so, very interesting book. Um, uh, Alf- Alfred Lansing, I think, uh, wrote the book itself, so I would recommend that if you're looking for something non-fiction um, to read that is uh, thoroughly engrossing. I read it in two
2: days flat. Um, very, very good. I couldn't put it down, so... That's
1: pretty much me. I mean, off off the back
2: of that, I'm going to sound very uncultured when I tell you what I've been watching. (laughs) Um, I've been watching Selling Sunset. Have you heard about that?
1: Oh, I tried to watch this, and I was
2: like, "Nah, it's a fucking nightmare." And I'm I'm in it now. Like, I can't I can't look away. I don't like I don't watch the Kardashians, or you know, I don't really watch any of those shows like i don't watch love island um but specifically those american shows that are you know uh supposedly you know reality tv but it's all very staged and it's all very set up but there's something about selling sunset i think it's probably what drew me in were the houses um and just like looking at so for anyone who doesn't know um It is about a group of real estate agents who are working in the Hollywood Hills um, and the kind of areas around that, like the Valley. um, But it's like three seasons, right? There's three seasons, yeah. Because um, I
1: tried to watch, start watching the first, I was like, there's too many of these. If it was just one season, I maybe could
2: have. Uh, they're, they're short episodes and you do absolutely fly through them. But uh, yeah, it's this group of uh, all-female real estate agents who are like hyper-glamorous. Um, they're all absolutely awful to each other. They're terrible people. Not all of them, but most of them are terrible people. That's kind of the crux of the show is is um, these very successful women who are selling, you know, houses that go up to like $75 million um, while also being horrendous people to each other. Um, And I just started watching them in my house and we were like, I'll give this a go and we're absolutely hooked now. But like what's so fun about it is they have, they do this transition music throughout all the scenes um, and (laughs) they obviously didn't pay for like licensed music. They just got some girl and it's like, i think pretty sure it's the same girl throughout all three seasons. They just got some girl into a studio and they were like, OK, just sing something vaguely related to the scene that's just happened. And it's just <laughs> the lyrics to be like, oh, no, got my high it. heels on and I'm going to the valley or like pounding right. on the pavement i'm gonna win and it's just like what well, i would recommend watching the show with the uh with subtitles on on netflix so that you can see the lyrics that are in between uh. because it's genuinely like if i knew anything about video editing i'd make a supercut I, I really hope somebody out there has made a supercut of all the lyrics cuz they're unbelievable uh, they're my favorite part of the show and i try and sing along with them when, when it does happen but yeah i'm on season 3 now and um Everyone's still being awful to each other and I can't look away. So, and then the, the other thing I haven't been reading really, um, been taking a bit of a break from reading. Um, I haven't really been watching anything. Oh, do you know what I did watch actually, which is brilliant. And I've been trying to tell everyone to watch it, is um, Ditch and Sw- Schwartz um, oh, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. I watched one of those, yeah. Um, I watched all three of them in like one day. And they were, just, they were just an absolute tonic. It's um, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch, who are comedians. Ben Schwartz, you'll know, as John Ralphio from um, Parks and Recreation. And Middleditch, you'll know, as the the main guy in uh, Silicon Valley. And they're both um, extremely seasoned improv comedians. And they do what's called long form improv, which I didn't know was a thing. So basically, they come out to a stage in a theater and they talk to one person Um, about a situation that's going on in their lives and get get a kind of a feel for it and then they go and they improvise a 50 minute long uh, like story um, that has a beginning middle and an end has multiple characters and to see them work and doing that is absolutely astounding. Um, the first episode in particular is unbelievable. It's the episode with the wedding, it's probably the one that you saw, did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely astounding. I actually never finished activity.
1: that one for whatever reason. Are get, you um,
2: joking? The end. Got oh my it all distracted. Oh man, you need to go and watch it again because like <laughs> how it all comes together at the end is masterful like it is just unbelievable um but yeah they're really really great so I watch those and then other than that I've been back watching a lot of like Dark Souls let's plays um like not speedrunning or anything just people who aren't that great at the game or who are like rel- relatively new to the game playing it um and I think that's just something I do when I'm when I'm, It's kind of like comfort food for my eyes. I just watch people playing video games in, in Let's Play. So I'm into Dark Souls at the minute. So that's it, really. That's all I've been doing, I reckon.
1: Very good. Have you been listening to anything?
2: Yeah, I, I listened Listen to the Bright,
1: Bright Eyes record.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, I listened to the new Bright Eyes record. I love it. Really, really love it. Um, was really impressed by it. And I've um, been listening to it a lot over the past week. I think it's really great to hear what Bright Eyes sound like in 2020. Um, and there's definite maturing going on there. And, uh, Connor Oberst, I think his songwriting chops are still, you know, as strong as ever. Um, and it's a much fuller, bigger sound from the band. Um, yeah, really highly recommend that. Have you, have you listened to it yet?
1: No, I haven't actually yet at all. Um, haven't got to it. Um, I
2: I think, I think if people find the, the kind of the, uh, general bright eyes, uh, That kind of sound a bit like, you know, the word depressing gets thrown around about Bright Eyes. Um, But I think if people are put off by that, they might they might find something to like in this record because it is a bit fuller um, and a bit more band sounding, you know.
1: Sweet. okay. Uh, I'll be listening to uh, Michael Kiwanuka's album from last year, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Kiwanuka. Um I have a copy of my, on vinyl and I've been putting that on the stereo a lot. So cool. been enjoying that a fair bit. Um that's really it, other than the playlists that I listen to myself that I make for Patreon subscribers. Um I've been enjoying them too. I listened to them on holidays, it was great. Good. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> nice to have something like that um in the bag. Yeah. To, to uh the other thing I've
2: been so. listening to is the the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Just really listening to that like a lot in the past week or so. And um just really annoyed at myself for having slept on that album for so long, you know. Well, don't be too hard on yourself now. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right, Niall. It's <laughs> it's okay to come a bit late to albums.
1: Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. And sometimes like like for me with the Kiwanuka record, everyone kept telling me it was so great, and I was like, Yeah, I know, I, I should get to it. But you yeah. know, just space and time sometimes. I think I
2: think, know, think critics know. put a lot of pressure on themselves to hear the thing immediately, and if they don't engage with the thing within two weeks or something it's like well it's gone forever I've missed my moment <laughs> and it really yeah, doesn't true. work like
1: that <laughs> no it does yeah. not it does not sometimes um, yeah. you have to go back and listen to something you've not heard or something you miss um, so yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that um, anything else come <laughs> like normally we'd be uh, in a pri- in a prior life would be advertising things we were doing and um, no. don't have anything to advertise other than um, our last week's guest uh, Denise Chila is on on RT this Saturday, I believe, with the RT um, concert orchestra performing alongside them at half nine on Saturday on an event called Shine On. Dermot Kennedy is also doing it. See, so he sold 30,000 tickets for his uh, live stream event um, yeah, a few weeks ago. saw that, yeah. Fair play. Yeah, That's good man. A decent heft.
2: I wrote a, I wrote a review of um, the Lancôme show um, uh, for the Journal of Music. Um, which was an incredible evening. Um, it was really, really nice to kind of feel connected to people over the internet uh, via the Abbey Theatre and Lancôme and guests. So yeah, it was that was really, really amazing. It's a shame that you can't actually get it at the moment, but um, ho- hopefully they'll make it available again for people who who missed it because it was, it was really, really good.
1: Yep, that's it from us this week. Uh, We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, we're going to finish with a track from a new artist, Berlin-based artist called uh, Lucy McWilliams. You may know her father, who's a very famous economist. His name is uh, David McWilliams. Um, So this is a lovely track. It's a debut track from her. She featured on a song with Malachi earlier this year called Fair Play. And this lovely, Summary tune is kind of an uh, bossa nova r b vibe uh, it's called runaway this is lucy mcwilliams and uh <clears throat> patreon.com forward slash nine or nine to support us please do uh, and you can find andrea cleary on twitter at um
2: at andrea cleary underscore and i'm on instagram at andrea cleary underscore underscore which i i didn't know somebody had to point out to me recently that i actually have two underscores in my instagram name but um yeah you can catch me there i'm'm I'm, I'm around you will see me
1: that's right and uh yeah so uh thank you very much for listening and appreciate it um bye look after yourselves Stay and safe. talk to you next week bye, bye.
4: I wish I could run away run away run away with you I Run away, run away To run away from all of the things that We said just yesterday From all of the pain that We felt just yesterday But I know deep in my bones that We're never taught how to love, but I want you to teach me everything, you know, cause I love you so, yeah, I love you.